When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We care. We care a lot, yeah. you know, about yeah. what we put out. And I don't know, we want to put out what we feel is our best. They set that bar high from the beginning. Along with Anthrax, Megadeth and Slayer, Metallica are credited as the original big four of thrash. It's pretty epic when you think about it. What's it like being credited with inventing a genre? <laughs> I'd love to take credit for it, but it was just how it worked out. We were playing music that we wanted to hear. As simple as that. People don't understand how important things are in the moment when you're doing them until later on, which is great. Because if we thought it was that important, we would have screwed it up, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just got to let it flow. Yeah. Right. You're listening to The Growing Up Rock Podcast with Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. Hollywood, happy metal up your ass day. It's all about Metallica for this episode. What's happening, Hollywood? <laughs> I just spent 10 minutes saying, all right, this other episode is going to go when I could have just said, follow my lead, shut up, don't ask no questions. That's what I should have said. Six years, I haven't learned this yet. Yeah, still haven't learned it. Who's the idiot in the relationship here, my <laughs> yeah. friend? 100% me on this one. There you go. You've already preached to me how you don't like to read long emails. Same shit. I don't like to listen to you yap about shit. Just keep it simple, stupid. Kiss. Your favorite band. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. No, all is good. You know, for all the episodes we've done, we've not, except for reviewing the Kill 'Em All album, we've not talked about Metallica much, right? We really haven't. And it's not because... 
I mean, look, we've talked over the years in various episodes, the Metallica story for me, and I've grown up with Metallica over the years from the first album on, even before the first album, if you go back in my history. I like Metallica a lot. Here's the deal. Over the years, I think it's not that we grow out of rock and roll, but we grow out of more aggressive rock and roll. I like bands like Metallica and Pantera and bands such as that. I just don't listen to them a ton anymore. And it's not because I don't like them. It's just, it's a mood thing for me. I have to really be in the mood to listen to crazy, you know, aggressive thrash type rock and roll. But I still love them. And I still love the catalog. And I listen to the new stuff when it comes out. And, you know, I'll pass judgment on that just like any other person will. But uh, it's just not part of my everyday uh, repertoire. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying because I'm in the same boat. Most of the time, Metallica has to kind of find me. I don't always go searching for it, right? So when I hear it, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if I, like, I'm, you know, working on something with the Venge Sevenfold or something, I'm like, oh, I should listen to some Metallica today. And then that'll kind of remind me. But there's never a day where I'm like, oh, I'm getting ready for work. Let me put some Metallica on. Like, it just, that's not, and I, I like Metallica. It's one of my top 100 bands. It's just not something, just like you said, I don't listen to it every day. Yeah, it's amazing to me over the years, the uh, trajectory that this band has taken and where they are today and where they started out. And they're just a very, they're very decisive band. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people that hate this band. There's a lot of people that love this band. There's a lot of people that, you know, used to like this band and now hate them because they think they sold out and just all this stuff. And I just kind of took like this flatline approach to the band, what I liked at the beginning and what I liked throughout the band's career. And even with the latest material that the band releases to me, I mean, I listen to stuff and I'm like, okay, I don't understand what the guy that listened to Hit the Lights doesn't like about this song on 72 Seasons. Like, I, I don't understand why this person is is hating on this. Like, it's literally the same stuff, only sounds better because it's more, it's better technology, better recorded, all that stuff. The You know, James's vocals have become better over the years and, and just... I don't know. But anyway, I think people just hate to hate or what they thought was their private band is now not private anymore. And so they hate it for that. I don't know. We'll get into all of that stuff and more uh, with this Metallica top five. And of course, it's top five just to get people to click on stuff, because really, it's just top five at this particular moment. For me, there's way too much stuff in the catalog for me to honestly say Oh, these are my top five songs. Sonny may feel different, but I'm telling you up front, that's how it is with me. Yeah, the comment you were making about, you know, giving the new stuff a shot. One of the problems is the timing. So when Hit the Lights came out, it's possible that you have X-Fan that James was speaking for X-Fan, teenage angst, wants to go rule the world. I've got this underground band that's speaking for me. And now, 72 seasons, dude, I'm a bank manager with three kids, an ex-wife, and two houses. James Hetfield no longer speaks for me. This song is complete shit. You're looking at it going, it's the exact same song. What the hell? It didn't come out in 1984. 
That's what the problem is. That's exactly it. That's those are the people that aren't honest with themselves. Like that's what I was telling you earlier. It's like the stuff I listened to in 82 and 83 in terms of Metallica, I was a different person, obviously, at that age point. And over the years, sure, you can say I've mellowed out because I don't listen to as much thrash. I'm still listening to heavy guitar oriented rock. It's just more melody for me now than there was then. And that's what I gravitate towards. It's not that I dislike Metallica anymore, dislike Pantera, you know, insert thrash band X here. It's just that my tastes have have differed over the years. I'll still go back and listen to Metallica, but at least I'm honest with myself and I can listen to 72 seasons today and put it on back to back to uh, Master Puppets or Kill Em All or Ride the Lightning, whatever, insert that. And I can hear the similarities, just the recording quality is much better, obviously, in 2023 than it is in, in 1980, 80, whatever. You know, so that's just being real to me, but there's no hate there. It's not like, you know, I mean, I can listen to songs and go, okay, I like Ride the Lightning, the song better than I like this song off of 72 season. I can, I can say stuff like that, but you know, it's not, oh, they're not, they're not the same band. It doesn't sound the same. It's shit. No, I, I don't feel that way at all. We'll get into that more as we go. Yeah. And I will tell you before we get to the crank it up spotlight here. This new Metallica album has a lot of classic sound to it to where they didn't lose what they were doing when they, not when they started anyway, but maybe what they were doing in 85, 86, 87, 88, where to me, the new Scorpions albums didn't have that. To me, Monster didn't have the Destroyer feel. Like, so I'm the guy that's out there saying, I don't need new music from these classic bands. I guess what I should be saying is I don't need new music from these classic bands if they're not going to sound like how they sound when they were classic. Right? Like, if you're not going to do Love love at First Thing 2, then Scorpions hang the fuck up because it's not helping. Yeah, but again, doesn't that just become like an opinionated thing? Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, so right. I'm there, too. It happens to everybody. Yeah, I guess so. All right. So before we get too deep in the, uh, the muck with uh, Metallica, we got to do this. It's time for the Crank It Up Music Spotlight. All right, so tonight's Crank It Up Spotlight, we got to go to Metallica. They put out a new album this year, 72 Seasons. I put this record on for the first time in my car, and I cranked that son of a bitch up to 11. And the first song on it is the title track, 72 Seasons. I got to be honest with you. The way this song starts and the way this song builds, it absolutely gave me goosebumps. It sounds fantastic. I really, really, really like the song 72 Seasons. There's nothing to hate on it for me. It sounds classic to me. It sounds amazing. It's razor sharp. I like the way it builds. Check out a snippet of 72 Seasons from Metallica.
Metallica's impact on music is undeniable. This is one of the best songs ever written to me. I mean, it's a song that never gets old. And enduring, as proven by the drop of their 12th studio album, 72 Seasons. <laughs> Congratulations on this album. Uh, it's your 12th studio album, 72 Seasons. What's it like releasing an album now compared to when you're starting out? Well, it's still like giving birth, you know, to a baby. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a big, exciting event. You know, this is what comes from our souls and this is what we get to create. So anytime you're creating something and you're releasing it, the excitement is always still there. And, you know, we're, we're doing our best at this age still. For me on this song, it's a great blend of classic Metallica and modern Metallica. James sounds great. It's definitely one of my faves off the new album for sure. The song has everything you would want your rocking Metallica to have. There is literally no reason to not like this song if you like Metallica. That's it. I mean, I wish I could see one of these shows. They're not coming to Atlanta. To anybody that's followed the podcast or followed me in particular, you guys know that I've been a Metallica fan since the beginning, but they're the one elusive band (laughs) that eludes me from having ever seen them live. And completely my fault, because it's not like the band doesn't tour. It's just when they were touring a lot, I was on the road at the same time. And it just never matched up. And then by the time they became so freaking big that they're playing stadiums, I don't want to pay a hundred bucks to sit in the top seat of a stadium to see a band, any band for that matter. So I just didn't want that experience. So I don't know. Who knows? One day, maybe somebody will say, hey, come to the Metallica show. Here's a snake pit pass or something. I don't know. You never know. So one of these days, I'm sure I'll get to see Metallica because they still got lots of touring left in them, I'm pretty sure. So we'll see at some point. But yep, they've alluded to me all this time. Yeah, the other thing that's working against you is they're not on your side of the world. Because like when they did the 30th anniversary in 2011, they played the Fillmore in San Francisco. And the Fillmore, it maybe holds 2,000 people, 3,000 people. And they played like five nights. How cool would it have been to be able to go to that uh, Hard Rock Casino down in Florida for that uh, yeah. tribute show to uh, Johnny Z? That would have been an amazing show. Yeah. Please make sure you hit that follow button to subscribe to Growing Up Rock Podcast so you don't miss an episode. So for the episode, Metallica Top 5. So basically what uh, we did is we reached out to our listeners. And here's what the post said. On an upcoming episode of Growing Up Rock Podcast, we will share our top five favorite Metallica songs. What are your favorite Metallica songs? Try your best to limit it to five. We had over 120 people answer slash connect with their answers. I could not believe it. It is one of the fastest replies I've gotten from 100 plus people ever. Metallica. They own the airwaves. That's just all there is to it. So I'm going to give you some initial data, and then we're going to uh, look at some of these songs. So depending on who you believe, and I don't need the Metallica release police to send me messages, there's about 175 songs total. 
Okay. If there's 177 or 173, I'm sorry. It's somewhere around 175. I can tell you of the 175 songs that I believe exist. When I asked for people's top five Metallica songs, 106 songs of the 175 got no votes. So over 120 people answered the call. And all of them picked 69 of the songs from the 175. That is amazing. Okay. Now, nobody said they outwardly hated, you know, they didn't say these are my five favorite and these 10 suck because I didn't ask for that. And I don't know if I would have got it anyway. And sometimes you get it unsolicited and nobody did that. So nobody said they didn't like the other 106 songs. I told people to limit it to five and it just got very, very condensed very quickly when I started getting the answers. Now, we're going to talk about our top five, Stephen and I's, along with what the listeners answered. And we each had two of our top five that were not in the collective top five. So let's talk about those songs first. So one of your picks, which in your top five of the day that you filled this thing out, your number three song was of Wolf and Man off the Black Album. There was only three other voters for that song. So 2% of all the votes that came in for off Wolf and Man. It's not a song you hear a ton, but you really like it, huh? Yeah, that's exactly why I picked it, because I love this tune, and it's not one that gets talked a lot about. I would consider this definitely a deep track on the Black Album. And in addition, if you listen to that song, there's a lot about that song that reminds me of something off of uh, Master of Puppets, uh, maybe Disposable Heroes or something like that. They've definitely reused a riff and ripped themselves off, I think in this song but yeah i really dig this tune Yeah, for me, of Wolf and Man, like pounds through your earbuds at the beginning. And Metallica just, you know, they do know how to do songs that are less than 15 minutes long. Thank you. This is one of them. When you listen to the song, though, there's no way that a listener of this song would say that Black Album was a sellout and it's soft, right? Because this song doesn't have mass appeal, but man, is it great. Exactly my point. That's another reason why I chose this song, because it does come off the Black Album. And I think a lot of people, at least the original, let's let's call them original fans, at least the original fans of the band, view the Black Album as a complete sellout, a, a complete move away from what the band is. 
and it's a song like of wolf a man to me that says bullshit because this song can come straight off of album like master of puppets in my in my opinion uh and so yeah that's that's another reason why i chose this song my number five on the list didn't make the collective five because only six people agreed with me and that's fuel off of reload from 1997 I have always loved the start of this song. I think it's a perfect start to reload. For me, I'm a lover of the Black Album. I'm a lover of Master Puppets. This song is exactly what I needed from Metallica in 1997 because parts of this song, especially in the guitar melody, is almost danceable. And it's just a great fist pumping, like NAS, this should be NASCAR's like theme for the rest of life. Like it's just a great song. Obviously, you know Fuel. Are you tired of that song, or do you still like it? I absolutely love this song. It's my favorite song off that record, and it would have been in my top five. In fact, it teeter-tottered around whether or not I ended up picking it. I'm super glad you picked it. It's actually a ringtone of mine. What's better than Give Me Fuel, Give Me Fire, Get Me That I Desire on your ringtone? I dig this tune, man. This tune is awesome. It should absolutely be the NASCAR theme song for the rest of their life. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Uh, my number two also didn't make the collective top five. I did make the top 15. 7% of people agreed with me. And it's Enter Sandman. And I get it. It's their most popular song. And it's the one that sold them out, blah, blah, blah. It's defining for the Metallica I love. It's super accessible to mass audiences. Hell, we've used Enter Sandman at almost every company meeting I've been to since 1990. Well-crafted hard rock song. The Black Album deserves to be diamond. I'm sorry, Metallica truthers, that your band has a diamond album and their tickets are 150 bucks, and they're not the same guys that were eating bologna and ham sandwiches in 1983. This is a great song, and I don't know any other band that could pull it off the way they did. I absolutely love this song. Yeah, I mean, it's a great song. It just it, at this point, it's just nothing more than fatigue, and that's probably the only reason that kept it out of the top ten. And you're just you're recognizing the song for what it is, which is fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with this song. It's a skipper for me at this point, just because it's just like, oh, my God, do I need to hear this song one more time? Uh, There's so much other stuff. But, yeah, uh, it is what it is. Another one of yours that did not hit the collective top five, which was number five on your list, was Harvester of Sorrow (laughs) from Justice and and Justice for All in 88. Uh, For me. 
I love that it starts a little bit more mid-tempo. It has a great guitar melody, almost like a start of a horror movie. James's vocal is just like perfect for the feel and the groove of a, a song like this. You obviously love the song and 10 other people loved it too because they picked it as part of their top five. Yeah, you know, and Justice for All is an album that originally I checked out on because I didn't like one and one was the first single off that record. And that was sort of when the band was starting to explode a bit more because they had the video on MTV. And I remember the video, their first video and all this hype behind it. And I just... The song one never did anything for me, and I didn't like the production of the record. So this record really fell by the wayside for me for the longest time. It's a record I actually ended up having to go back to at one point. So I kind of missed this in the release, in the series of releases. I basically went from Master Puppets to the Black record, more or less. So that's kind of ended up, I, I skipped this. And, and once I went back to the record and I started discovering some of the music off this record, Harvester of Sorrow was a song that definitely stuck out for me. And uh, I just I dig the riff in it and uh, the overall feel of the song. And so that's, that's why it's on my list. So we've labeled this thing top five. We're going to talk about songs six through 10 from the collective listeners. But I will tell you that songs six through 10, neither of them were in our personal top fives. So number 10 from the collective group, 15% of everybody who connected voted for this song. Number 10, the four horsemen off of Kill 'em All 83. This thing has got all kinds of long jams and varying guitar solos, and it's got a gallop to it and all kinds of tempo changes. And we know Mustaine wrote this. I'm assuming you're a fan of the Four Horsemen. Yeah, I like this song. Uh, I think this song fared pretty well in our uh, Kill 'Em All album review this year, uh, as far as I was concerned. The original version is what The Mechanics by Dave Mustaine, Megadeth, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I dig the Four Horsemen. Just eking out the Four Horsemen to hit number nine. It was almost in my top five. It had just missed. Welcome Home Sanitarium off of Master of Puppets 86. 16% of the folks voted for this. 
And, you know, this is the Metallica ballad. You know, James sounds a little less angry at the beginning, but his anger builds, which fits the song. You get a little vocal harmonizing, which you never get in Metallica songs. And then, man, the chugging about three and a half minutes in just takes a song to a new place. And I remember when I heard this, it made me love Maiden even more because the gallop was very enticing to me. I have always loved Welcome Home Sanitarium. Is this dark classical music too slow for you? No, you know, I, I loved it when it came out, when I was much more uh, tolerant of the slower tunes from a metal band. And, you know, for a band like Metallica on a record like Master of Puppets to slow it down to this degree, it was okay with me because it still had enough heavier sections to keep me interested. It's a great tune. I've always said that this is the sister uh, song for another song. Uh, and we'll get there when we get there. But yeah, it's a good tune. Yeah. Number eight, just eked out Welcome Home Sanitarium. Again, uh, about 16.5% of the folks voted for this song. And uh, I'll say it's Fade to Black Part 2 to me, but uh, they named it one off of Injustice for All 1988. You know, there's, again, the harmonizing vocal. You don't get that too often. You cannot get away from this song on MTV. But I will tell you that bridge with the double bass and James singing is singing along with the drummer. Da 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 da. I cannot live. I cannot die. Like it's like, okay, that's pretty damn cool. If the production of this album, even the remastered album, the production is not that great. If this production was seventy-two seasons production, dude, that whole middle part would sound absolutely amazing. Yeah, the only way Injustice for All is going to ever sound good is if somebody takes it and remixes it. Remastered, yeah. all you're doing is is brightening the sound the sound that was already there. You're not going to do anything with remastering. People don't understand the difference in remastering and remixing. Remixing is what that record needs. Yeah, I said it earlier. One has not been my favorite tune. It's the, It was the first single off this record that kept me away from this record for the most part because I just don't 
I like the part you talked about. I like the song better than I did day one when it first came out. I'll say all of that, but it's just not one of my favorite Metallica tunes. The song that eked out one for number seven by just one vote. Bring on the hate mail because I blame this song for every shitty thrash metal band that's out there. Disposable Heroes at number seven off of Master of Puppets. This song is fine. It's just that like 35 seconds in, it goes to thrash. And I'm like, this is why we got all these shitty thrash bands out there. This fucking song I blame. And I love Master of Puppets, but I, every time I hear this song, it makes me mad. <laughs> That's what it's supposed to do. You're supposed to start a pit, poony. God <laughs> damn it, son. Buckle up. Yeah. Disposable yeah, heroes. I, I love it. Yeah. Back to the I, front, poony. Yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> is dead and i can kind of see that argument but but metal definitely isn't why what do you think special about metal gosh it's it's a misfit music it's an underground feeling still it's like a rebel music it's a thing you need to fight for you know every decade yeah rock is dead that is fuel for <laughs> a hard rock band absolutely Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon.
Like what you're hearing? Share this episode out. Post it to your favorite social network and let people know you're listening to the Grown Up Rock Podcast. It will help us grow and we greatly appreciate it. I feel similar for number six. So 22 people voted for this one, blackened off of Injustice for All 9088. And this song's too thrash for me. And I'm glad the Black Album came about because I loved Puppets. I did not love Injustice for All when I first heard it. If the Black Album doesn't come out next, I may be punt on Metallica almost immediately because this song did not do it for me. But it was number six from the collective group, which I was very surprised. Yeah, you know, I like Blackened a lot, but in terms of uh, lead-off tracks, because, you know, Metallica on their records, for the most part, their lead-off tracks really kick you in the ass, right? So, Blackened off of this one, I sort of prefer Battery off of uh, Master of Puppets a little bit more. Yeah, uh, Hell, I, I don't know. I was going to say, I might even prefer Hit the Lights off Kill Em All uh, a little more in terms of the kickoff track. But I like blackened. I think it's that. I think it's a dead point where it says blackened. That's why everybody likes it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, it, and then it goes into a, a thrash part. I dig it. That's one of those things where I can see, you know, me and you just hanging out at a bar, Pooney, and the song comes on, and I just take my beer bottle and hit you over the head with it and start moshing around. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get to the top five. And I will tell you that out of the top five, three songs are from the same album. Amazing. When you ask, a, when 120 plus people answer and the votes get so skewed, right? You would think that it would splatter everywhere, especially with a band that's got 175 songs, but it just didn't. And number five collectively, which was both of our, on both of our list at number four, is Seek and Destroy off of Kill Em All. And if you remember, there was a story where Kirk was taking lessons from Joe Satriani at the time, about six months before joining the band. And the producer really wanted him to stick with what the original Seek and Destroy kind of guitar solo was that uh, Mustaine was doing. So Kirk does it a couple of times. Producer goes, yeah, that's good. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to fix some of that. He goes, no, no, that's good. So to this day, when Kirk listens to it, he's like, I was out of pitch when I bent that note and he never let me fix it and he can't let it go. <laughs> right. So, okay. You know, Lars said it, this was, this song was kind of like a merciful fate song. I've listened to some merciful fate. I don't like any of it. So I don't know why he thinks this seek and destroy is merciful fate or whatever, but uh, just, there's something about this song that just gets me and it's not thrash to me. This is metal to me. Running on our way out of you will be dying A thousand deaths 
Yeah, it's it's metal and and uh, uh, the merciful fate comment that Lars is talking about. You're you're hearing the singing and and that throws you off. But musically, if you listen to Seek and Destroy, there is a lot of elements of merciful fate just musically in there. Uh, it all goes out the window when when the king starts singing. But just musically, yeah, I could see the uh, the similarities in Seek and Destroy and something off of Merciful Fate's records. Yeah. Number four, it did not make either one of our lists, but 25%. So one of every four people that sent in a top five had this on their list, Fade to Black off of Ride the Lightning 84, the Metallica Power Ballad. I think James does a good job of still making it sound somewhat angry and sinister. Um, You know, you get a bunch of tempo and feel changes, but that bridge thing at like four minutes in with that guitar melody, dude, it's almost peppy. Like the guitar melody is a little, got a little pep to it. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, maybe Metallica's not so dark and sinister. It's not, I don't know. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Like that guitar metal that I, I think it's the notes he's hitting. They're brighter. I don't know if they're minor notes. I'm not too sure if they're major notes. I don't know all that shit. All I know is it makes me feel peppy. Well, what I can tell you is that I absolutely love Kirk's plan on Fade to Black. I love his tone. I love some of the choices that he makes at the beginning of the song. As far as the uh, solo interludes that, that are at the beginning, I like his solo in the song. I mean, this this is a fantastic song. This is uh, what I referred to as the parent of Welcome Home Sanitarium. This, this predates that song. And for me, I wonder how many of the people that sent you in a list had Welcome Home and fade to black on their same list in their top five yeah. i'd be curious to know that because those are just those are balladeer people i think out of the two i prefer fade to black so i understand that uh as far as where it's placed uh it's pretty high man for a ballad uh coming from a band like this that's pretty high up yep all right top three and it was my number three Got 30% of the votes for whom the bell tolls from Ride the Lightning. And to me, this should be everybody's wake-up alarm for the rest of life. I love that bell at the beginning. Awesome guitar melody. Most of Ride the Lightning to me is straight-up metal. It's not very much thrash. For a song where the vocal doesn't start for over two minutes, I love it. And yes, I've said I've hated that before. And yes, I love Sync and the Backstreet Boys. And yes, I love this too. But there is something about, uh, you know, for whom the bell tolls, time marches on. Like, I just, it, this song is awesome to me. And it doesn't have anything to do with thrash. When people say, how can you like that song and not love thrash? This doesn't sound thrash to me. Nah, it's not. I mean, come on. It's too slow to be thrash. It's it's just, I mean, it's a straight up, it's metal slash hard rock, I guess. I don't know. It's pretty heavy, but thrash no that's not a thrash tune i disagree with that it's a great song i mean it's a very simplistic song there's really not a lot to this song uh it's just a great you know stadium anthem for sure
Number two, 36% of the people had this in their top five. Creeping Death. You also had it at number two, by the way. Creeping Death off of Ride the Lightning. And to me, this definitely has that original classic Metallica feel. The chorus actually has a little bit of melody to it. So for the timing of the you know the release of Ride the Lightning, which we're talking about mid-80s, it probably... Songs like this even got the hair metal guys interested because, you know, it gave them a little street cred instead of, you know, poison wearing makeup or whatever. It kind of made you feel tough that you were listening to Metallica because you're listening to Creeping Death and it had a little bit of melody to it. And man, is a guitar solo fucking off the charts on this song. I was tough, Pony. I dare you to mess with me at yeah, the moment. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. God, I love this song. There's nothing about this song that I do not love. I wish to this day that I still owned the creeping death picture disc that i bought when i was in high school because it was a creeping death picture disc i can still picture it in my head it had creeping death on one side and i want to say blitzkrieg on the other side and it was fantastic this song has a fat ass riff in it it's heavy it gives you a history lesson it's got a fantastic course there's nothing about this song it's got a fantastic guitar solo this song makes the hair on my arms still stand up today when i crank that thing to 11 it sounds so good man i love this tune so much and that is why it ended up as my number two song there's nothing bad about this tune at all
We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Look at all the people here tonight! Oh man, I got to make an announcement right here. Can you hear me out there? It's time to take a quick break in the action from this week's episode. Sonny and I just wanted to thank all of you, the listeners, for joining us each and every week. Whether you just found us today or have been listening for multiple episodes, we love your passion for music and rock and roll in general. We consider you all part of our loud minority family. Always remember you can communicate with us a few different ways. If you don't mind Facebook, head over to the Growing Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group and be part of the conversation. It's a private group and all you have to do is ask to join, answer a few rock and roll questions, and you're in. If you despise Facebook, which many people do, then send us an email to growinguprock at gmail.com. We get everything there. You can follow us on Twitter and Insta at Growing Up Rock, which is one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K. In the event you feel entertained by our podcast, we would appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and go leave us a five-star review either at Apple Podcast or Podchaser. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. And for our number one, so I've been in retail my whole life. So surveys has always been a part of my job, right? Because retail's always doing customer service surveys and merchandising surveys. There's all kinds of surveys because you want to make sure you're in tune to everything that the customer needs. And that's just what retailers do. And I remember having a boss telling me that, you know, if and we talked about it on the Kiss Dirty Dozen, that, you know, if 100 people tell you something sucks, it probably sucks. Well, he was also on the other side of if 100 t- people tell you it's pretty good, it's probably pretty good. And if a high percentage of a small sample size tells you it's pretty good, you're probably on the right track. For our number one today, 43% of the folks who filled out the survey had this as part of their top five. Both you and I had it as our number one. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that no matter how many people we would have surveyed, that collectively the song would end up number one. And I would say that if you've never heard a Metallica song in your life and you wanted to hand an alien a copy of a song that shows who Metallica is in every which way and form, Master of Puppets, the title track would be that song for me. I absolutely love this song. I don't go seek out much Metallica. Master of Puppets pretty much makes Every one of my playlists that I make for the plane ride, the Vegas playlist, it's not on my sexy time playlist because it's Master of Puppets. Uh, The waking up, the getting ready. I have always loved this song. It's always been my favorite Metallica song, and I can't imagine anything ever uprooting it. What say you? I can't see that you would be a Metallica fan and not have this song in your top 10. If you do, then you're trying to be cool or you might claim fatigue. I guess that's a possibility on this song for sure. But 
it's just such a fantastic song. <laughs> it's, I mean, to me, Creeping Death, Master Puppets, 1A and 1B for me, they're both perfect Metallica songs to me. Just so good. Overall, that's why I made my number one. It's just a perfect tune. I don't have anything to add to, to what you've already said. I can't understand why a Metallica fan wouldn't have this in their top five somewhere. And I guess maybe that's why it ended up number one is because enough people did have it in their top five, top ten, whatever. But yeah, it's awesome. Okay, so that was the top five Metallica songs as a collective group. Thank you, everybody, for sending in your surveys. I will also share with you by album what song got the most votes as a favorite. So for Kill Em All, of course, it was Seek and Destroy. That's why it charted so high on the on our survey. Ride the Lightning, it was Creeping Death. That probably makes sense. Master of Puppets, it was Master of Puppets. That makes sense. And Justice for All was one. So all those make sense. The rest may be a little bit of a surprise. The Black Album. The most popular chosen as a favorite was Sad But True. For Load, the most popular chosen as a favorite was a tie between The Outlaw Torn and Until It Sleeps. For Reload, it was Fuel. Saint Anger was the only album that got no votes as a favorite. Not one single song in 120 plus people. There's how the Metallica community feels about that album. Death Magnetic, it was The Day That Never Comes. For Hardwired, it was Moth Into Flame, which probably makes sense. For 72 Seasons, it's still a new album for everybody, so it's Lux Eterna, but I think that was the first single. So I think that song's been around the longest, and that's probably why it won. So every album, except for St. Anger, got some love, but of course, anything before and including Injustice for All got pretty much all the love. Metallica fans to this day still love 83 to 88. 
and they're not going to let 83 to 88 go, period. Not much different than KISS fans, really, right? Dead on. And I call them homers yeah. because it's like, really? It's not 1976 anymore. Can we let go? Okay. All right. Right? But you could say that about Van Halen. There's people stuck at the first six and can't get past it. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you think about it, these are the albums that built the band's careers, whether it's Kiss, whether it's Van Halen, whether it's Metallica. These are the the initial records are the ones that built the foundation of the fan base there is today. It's not that they didn't gain more fans over the years. They did. But those initial fans are always going to be your loyalist fans, right? They're always going to be your biggest supporters. It's everything after that. It's hard. It's hard to get away from those, from those memories. You know, it's nostalgia. It's, it, it's what you're, you know, what you're akin to. Hey, Hollywood, you know what time it is. Let's connect it to KISS. For the Kiss Connection today, we're going to go with a Metallica cover. So from an album called Metallic Attack, The Ultimate Tribute, released in 2004, here is Joe Lynn Turner on vocals. On lead guitar, Bruce Kulick. On rhythm guitar, Bob Kulick. On bass, Tony Franklin. On drums, Greg Bissonette. With their version of Nothing Else Matters. Open my 
Okay, so I listened to this tune today. It's not bad. It doesn't stray real far from the original. I like some of the orchestration in it. I like Jalen Turner's voice. I thought it's all right. Yeah, I thought the two differences was Joe's obviously delivery is a little cleaner, right? Because he's not James. Well, I should say James is not Joe. And then Bruce didn't quite just kind of copy what Kirk was doing. He kind of just kind of decided to do a little bit of his own thing, which kind of brought it to a different feel. But the overall song, because Joe sings a little cleaner, doesn't have the same pain and despair that it's supposed to have. But that's hard to have if you don't have James' vocal stylings to it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, but this Metallica tribute, I mean, it's got the Nuno on it. It's got Joey Vera on it. Like there's Motorhead does a song. It's a, it's a pretty cool tribute from 2004 if you want to check it out. Absolutely. Okay. So to close the Metallica thing out, here's what I'll say. James, Kirk, and Lars, they stuck through it. 75% of the original band is still around. I can't imagine how hard it was to lose a brother the way they did. Replace with Jason. Then maybe it doesn't go all that great. They'd replace again with Robert, and that's what you stick with. I know it can't be easy to be in a relationship with the same three guys for 40-plus years because I can't imagine having two wives for 40-plus years. There's no fucking way, right? These guys grew up together. They knew each other as teenagers, so it's easy to grow apart. So kudos to these guys. They deserve all of the arena-selling shit money that they're making right now because they stuck it out. They Did they sell out at Black? I don't think they sold out. I think it became more mass appeal. If you want to, you know, equate that to sell out power to you, whatever, you know, they were, we're not going to do videos. We're not going to do videos, not going to do videos. We're not this shitty hair metal band, blah, blah, blah. And then they come in, do one, and then they put a bunch of videos, but they still weren't flipping the hair. They didn't have it teased up to, you know, wherever at times James had it teased up in the early eighties. I got you, but they kind of, you know, I know Lars takes a lot of credit for like blazing their own path, but they did. I, you know, do I wish Lars would shut up every once in a while? Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, you know, the whole Napster thing, it probably needed to happen. These guys had the balls to do it. But in the end, dude, it's still three of the main guys. And if the fourth one hadn't died, I think I got to believe all four would have stuck it out. Right? These guys have been together forever. I think that's awesome. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of similarities when you look at the members of Metallica and let's say a band like Kiss. You know, Paul and Gene pretty much lead that band. Lars and James pretty much lead Metallica. Lars is very 
headstrong, very driven, much like Gene, whereas Hetfield is very insecure, a lot like Paul. There's a lot of similarities in the personalities of Kiss and the personalities of Metallica, if you look at it, if you drill down on it. And uh, look, <laughs> I mean, all you have to do is watch some kind of monster and just, you know, see that there's there's a lot of interesting characters inside that band and inside those two guys' heads and and keeping that together is is a task. They've managed to do it and I mean, Jesus Christ, they're the biggest metal band on the face of the planet, bar none. And in today, in twenty twenty three, I think that's fantastic because you got the Beyonce's and the Taylor Swift's and Ed Sheeran's and people like that playing stadiums, but Nobody but a band like Metallica, maybe a Foo Fighters, can do what they're doing today. And uh, to me, that's amazing. And when I say live through the growing up, you know, parts of it I'm talking about is like, you know, they drank a lot, right? They succumb to what was in front of them. And it killed Guns N' Roses, but it didn't kill Metallica, right? So they fought through it together, which... Dude, things like that can absolutely end a band. There's absolutely no doubt about that. So just kudos to those guys. I, I'm not the biggest Metallica fan on the in the world. I know we got friends that are like Metallica outright, number one band of all time, blah, blah, blah. They're in my top 100. They're not in my top 20. Uh, and yes, I grew up in San Francisco, but it's, you know, it's a little metal for me. I, I like it, but it's right at the edge of what I like. You get past, like every time those guys say the bands they love, I hate all those fucking bands. Like, I can listen to any of the bands they say they love because it's right past where they are. And I just, oh, my God. Diamond Head, I tried it. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I got to stop listening to Lars. Diamond Head sucks. <laughs> yeah, you hate all the new wave of British heavy metal. Oh Lars is all about that. <laughs> yeah. The only thing we agree on is Y&T. That's it. He loves Y&T, and that's all that matters, I guess. I believe me and Lars could hang out. We probably like a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> yeah that puny he doesn't like saxon fuck him princess of the night baby oh <laughs> uh, yeah okay it's all good so look this has been a fun episode uh we don't talk enough about the heavier side of things and metallica is probably the most commercial heavier side of things that we will share but they're deserving of it because they are the biggest metal band on the face of the planet bar none Hey, I've been a fan for a long time. Eventually, I'll get to see this band live. That'll excite me. I'm sure I'll share it on a podcast episode after the fact. But until next week, is there anything you want to add, Mr. Pooney, before we get up on out of here? I will say thank you to all the listeners that contributed to the data that we do in these episodes. You guys are awesome. Keep it coming. And I will say the same thing. Thank you to the listeners for uh, sharing your feedback because it helps us do these type of episodes. And I'm sure I'll get a message after this episode comes out. Hey, how come you guys don't do a top five Pantera? And I'll tell you why. I can't come up with five Pantera songs I like. <laughs> That's why. I could, but uh, I'm much more in-depth in Metallica than I am Pantera. But yeah, there's there's five Pantera songs I like. Maybe I'll do a Quick Fix Friday or a Friday Quick Fix rather on Pantera at some point. Perfect. Because Pantera deserves about 10 minutes. Jesus Christ. And the listeners are hanging up on us. All right. Until next week. See ya. Later. And don't forget, metal up your ass.
It's time to shuffle, rattle, and roll us out of here. Get ready to turn it up. out the podcast greatly by leaving us a five-star review at apple podcasts podchaser or spotify the links are in the show notes or just drop us a line at our email growinguprock at gmail.com growing up rock is a proud member of the pantheon network pantheon is the place for music lovers check us out along with many other great music podcasts on the pantheon podcast network it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football fantasypoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points fantasypoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play whether you play fantasy football daily fantasy sports or do a little bit of everything fantasy points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 